minus 20 till we're off. But first, a race. It's me versus, versus my biggest nemesis. Tiny, fierce, with a big personality. I'm armed with my big pink box on wheels. Now you see, I picked this one specifically because it has this big fluffy unicorn on the front. It helps with, you know, aerodynamics and all of that. Okay, anyway, anyway, we're off. I'm running down the walkway, in and out, dodging people, and I'm leaving her in the dust. We reach the end. I win. It was always going to be me because I was on the moving walkway. And my nemesis was my little niece. Hi. Welcome back. It has been a very long time. It has been, let's say, what, three months, maybe? Three months, four months, I think. The last time I recorded was the beginning of November, and that blows. But we're back. I'm back, and it's time to learn. So I'm here with my other big sister. Say hi. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Tell, tell us tell us a little about yourself. Well, my name is Amber, and I am addicted to travel. Um, that's just something that I'm really passionate about, something that I love to do, um, something that I love to do with my family, with friends, with family, or I already said that, <laughs> on my own. Um, and I'm here to talk about travel. And to share some tips and tricks with you all, as well as some of my favorite travel memories over the years. Yeah, so we're going to start with some two truths and a lie. I have a little game prepared. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so here's how the game works. I'm going to say three things, and you have to guess which one is the lie. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. Number one, I have eaten alpaca. <laughs> During my travels. Number two, I once got a flight for 10 euros. And number three, I had a run-in with the police in two different countries. Which one is it? Which one's the lie? I really hope that you didn't eat alpaca. If you do, (laughs) that would be, listen, that would be pretty sick. But that's just crazy. Um, But I'm going to, I feel like the other two are reasonable knowing you i feel like you wouldn't normally have a run-in with the police but maybe in a different country that'd be different because you didn't know what you were doing but i'm gonna go with the alpaca wrong (laughs) (laughs) um number two i did not get a flight for 10 euros I got a flight for seven euros. <laughs> That's right. That was a one-way flight from um, Sevilla to Valencia, Spain, um, back in like 2011 or 2010, I think it was. Um, but yeah, there is a low-cost airline in Europe called Ryanair, and it's possible. <laughs> and I will say that the airplane, you know, it was normal. It had a pressurized cabin. Don't worry. I checked before I got in. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a seat. I had a seatbelt. What I did not have were, were drinks, entertainment. Um, the seats don't recline. But, that, you know, all of those little luxuries are just ways that the, the airlines can save money. <laughs> so what, like, estimate, like, what is seven euros to dollars? Um, it was, I don't know, definitely, like, around ten dollars. More or less. 
That's awesome. (laughs) That is so sick. That's one of my proudest travel moments over the years. Um, I've been to 19 countries. I'm hoping to hit my 20th country very soon. We'll see if that works out. Um, I lived in Spain for a few years, and that's where I was able to do a lot of my travel because it's very easy to travel around Europe once you, you know, get over, over there, as they say, cross the pond. (laughs) Um, what else? What do you want me to talk about? Cut this part. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, it's okay. Okay, so when was the first time you traveled? Okay. Like, out, besides, like, not just going to a different county in Pennsylvania or, like, crossing the border into a different state? Mm-hmm. Um, so when we were younger, we really did not travel much. Um, <laughs> our mother is terrified of planes. I think at this point she will get on a plane, but for a while she, you know, she wasn't really a fan of flying or traveling out of the country. Um, So I was really lucky to have this opportunity to do an exchange program with my high school. So with this exchange program, um, it was with another school in Costa Rica, and they have been doing this program for years. So ever since I decided to study Spanish in high school, I knew that I would get or, you know, hoped that I would get to be a part of this program. Um, So basically what it was was that we had, uh, I guess, about 20, maybe less approximately students come from Costa Rica and they stayed with us for a month um, and they went to school with us and you know just learned all about the the U.S. culture and then over the summer all of us went to Costa Rica and that was my first um, well the first time that I had been out of the country and you know I went with school so that was a really exciting thing Um, And that really just opened my mind and opened my eyes to the whole world that's out there, you know. Um, I did not know that much Spanish at that point. I didn't know anything about Costa Rica. Like, you know, back then when I pictured Costa Rica, I would picture, like, I don't know, the rainforest and animals. And I just had no idea, like, what I was getting into. Um, But it was truly the best. And you know, my Spanish really grew while I was there since I saw that I could use my language skills just to communicate with different people. Um, I met so many friends there, people that I'm still friends with. Um, and just, I don't know, just having that opportunity, I feel so grateful because that was what really sparked my interest in traveling. And it was just so cool for me to like be in another part of the world and make so many friends and have so many interesting experiences that I never would have had if I stayed in my hometown. Um, And I know for a lot of people, it can be scary to leave their hometown, especially when you're going somewhere where you don't speak the language or like a place that you don't really know much about or that you don't know anyone there. But that's part of the adventure. And that's part of why it was so much fun, just like trying something completely different. Um, and one of my favorite memories from when I went was when we went zip lining. And if you know me, I'm a little bit of a scaredy cat. <laughs> um, that's not something that I would have expected myself to partake in, but it was one of the best experiences of my life and something that I still remember like as if it were yesterday. Um, so if you, if you don't know what a zip line is, it's like you climb up this really, really tall tower. I don't know how tall, but it's like really tall (laughs) (laughs) above the treetops and you 
there is like a big long wire that goes from one side to the other and it's so long that you cannot see the end like it's at least a mile maybe longer I have no idea but it felt like forever um and you're just like harnessed onto this wire and then you basically just fly (laughs) fly over top of the treetops and um yeah it was like a magical experience like I felt like I was really flying um I was terrified but I was really proud of myself for doing that and just like taking a risk and doing something that I wouldn't normally do um let's see what else can I say about Costa Rica so wait first back in high school when you got into this program so like what was it like getting ready to go over to Costa Rica and like what did you do to prepare yourself I was super excited, um, and I guess for the people in the U.S., it was a little bit easier because the Costa Rican students came to our house first, so we already, like, knew them, um, and when, you know, when I was going over there, I was just so excited to see my friend, Elisa, she's the one who stayed with us, um, and also see all the other students that participated in the program. Like, we all just got to know each other really well during that month that they were here, um, so yeah, I, you know, we kept in touch. I think they came to see us in like maybe February or March. It snowed while they were here, which was very, very exciting for the Costa Rican people. Um, and then, yeah, we kept in touch until we went over the summer. I practiced Spanish as much as I could. You know, I would listen to music in Spanish, watch shows in Spanish, um, read in Spanish, speak Spanish at school or, you know, with the friends that I made. Um, packing. <laughs> I think I definitely overpacked back then. I think I probably brought like two giant suitcases for one month, whereas nowadays I can fit uh <laughs> my entire family of three's belongings in like a child size suitcase. <laughs> so I've come a long way since then with the packing. Um, but yeah, basically, like, we had everything we needed once we got there. We didn't really have to bring a lot, but I didn't know that back then. So how how did the families treat you that you were staying with? Like, how was that, in, um, like, first getting to see them, meet them, and, like, and also, like, how was it communicating with them since they obviously lived there and were very fluent because it's that their first language (laughs) um my host family was amazing like totally amazing some of the nicest people i've ever met um and i was actually really lucky that they kind of like took me in as as if i were another one of their daughters you know um we had dinner together all the time like we would go out and do fun things they took me to their beach house like we would do all kinds of fun stuff and I feel really lucky because I still keep in touch with them and I actually went back to see them uh four different times after the exchange program um and like with any friendship like the more you put into it the more you get out of it so like you know I always try to keep in touch with people that I meet when I travel um And I just think, let's say, you asked about the language. I think that being in the house with them helped my Spanish skills improve, like, dramatically. Because I had to speak Spanish. They didn't speak English. So it was like, if if I needed to communicate, I had to figure out how to say it in Spanish. And of course, like, there will always be words that I didn't know. Even still, there are words that I don't know. But you figure out a way to say it. So, like... You know, if you don't know how to say fork, for example, you could say, like, 
the silver thing that you use to pick up your food and put it into your mouth. <laughs> you know, like you always think of workarounds to say words. And even if your Spanish isn't perfect, that's okay. Like as long as you're communicating your ideas and they can understand what you're trying to say, I think that's that's the first step. And a lot of people, you know, sometimes get afraid to use their Spanish, especially if like they just learned it in school. But the more you practice, the easier it gets. And I feel like Thanks to that experience, I learned Spanish pretty quickly because, again, like I was forced to. I was immersed by it. So would you say that it's easier to learn a language by being in an environment that forces you to? Yes, definitely. A thousand percent, yeah, because then you can't rely on your, like, anything else. Like, if it's just you in a house, like, you're not – I mean, back then we didn't even have smartphones, so I couldn't just, like – pull out my translator app or like look up any words like you know we just had to make do and that's how you learn you know okay so you know this is this is going to be more universal and general question but um as of now like obviously technology has advanced a lot more um so what would you say to someone trying to learn a different language Um, definitely immerse yourself as much as you can. Like we are so fortunate nowadays to have access to technology everywhere and anywhere we go. Like we literally have a little computer in our pockets, you know? Um, so using that technology can really open up a lot of different opportunities for you. Um, there are lots of different apps to learn languages. Duolingo is a really popular one that's free to start. Um, you can listen to podcasts in another language. You can watch Netflix in another language with subtitles on if you need to. Um, music, books, you know, like language is accessible anywhere and everywhere now with technology. And also, I feel like it's easier to travel now than it used to be. Um, people are able to find better deals and get more affordable travel than they have in the past. So, you know, if you ever have the chance to go abroad and like learn another language either through taking formal classes or doing a homestay and like learning from the people i would definitely recommend that um real quick back to what you said about immersing yourself in languages and or in language and like even watching shows in language i can't remember how many languages i watched moana in (laughs) but i watched moana in in at least like four different languages with Maya. <laughs> Did you learn anything? <laughs> yeah, I'm I don't know if I learned no, I didn't learn anything, but I was definitely much more engaged and interested <laughs> in the show or in the movie. But I just thought that was so funny. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um also, that reminds me. There is this really old there's this older Spanish show that I was just talking to you about. The other, the other week, and it is hilarious. I don't know exactly what they're saying, but I'm sure the dialogue would make the show even better. It's, um, what was it? it was... Uh, Chavo del Ocho, I think. Yeah. Like it is hilarious. It's like, um, it's kind of like the Three Stooges, but mm-hmm. with, actually, I think there is three of them, but like, I think there, two, two of them are like main characters, and one guy's in and out. Anyway, it's hilarious. It's a Spanish show, and you should go check that out. Is it like, C-H-A-V-O? Yeah. Okay. So, C-H-A-V-O. Del D-E-L. Ocho. O-C-H-O. I think that's what it's called. Yeah. I should know this. I feel ashamed that I don't know this. <laughs> <laughs> so, where other where else have you been other than places in Spain? 
Um, like I said, I traveled a lot around Europe while I was living there just because it was very easy. Um, and it's so funny, like when you're in Spain, you see road signs pointing to Portugal and to Italy, <laughs> to France, like to different countries that you, you know, here in the U.S., we don't really see that. So I thought that was um, interesting. Um, let's see. I actually have a list of the countries on my computer because I can never <laughs> remember all of them. Italy, France, Portugal, Germany, Austria, Poland, uh, Czech Republic. I'm sure there are more in Europe that I'm forgetting. Um, and then Peru, Colombia, Dominican Republic, Mexico, Canada, Jamaica. I'm trying to like picture a map in my head and <laughs> make sure I'm hitting every everywhere. Um, I'm sure there are more, but yeah, that's what I can think of off the top of my head. But my favorite place in Europe is probably Portugal, um, you know, besides Spain, obviously. But Portugal is a place that I just, I don't know, like, you don't really hear people like, I want to go to Portugal. You know, you always hear about Paris and Rome and all that. But Portugal was absolutely gorgeous. Um, it's affordable. Like, you can get food really cheap there especially pastries oh my gosh their pastries are incredible um the people were super super nice and i don't know i just have a thing for portugal the beaches are gorgeous the cities that i've been to are amazing um i went to this really pretty like colorful castle it's in a place called sintra um it's like a very close bus ride from lisbon which is a well-known city but yeah, I would definitely definitely recommend Portugal if you go to Europe and are looking for something that is not like most people's first choice. So when traveling to different countries, what advice would you give to people on like planning out their trip and how to look for things to do there? Okay, so this one book really inspired me. Um, when I first moved to Spain at my going away party, one of my friends gave me this book and it's called Rick Steves Through the Back Door. <laughs> okay. Rick Steves is the author. Um, he's a very famous travel guru, but I just loved his book, Europe Through the Back Door. And it's exactly what it sounds like. It's just a book with all different places that are kind of like off the beaten path, you know, like places that you wouldn't just know about unless you kind of read into it. Um, but thanks to that book, I was able to discover a lot of beautiful places that I had not heard of before. Um, mainly this one place in Italy called Cinque Terre. It is like five little towns um, on the Mediterranean coast in Italy, close to Florence. And the cool thing about these towns is they are all pedestrian, so you can't have a car there. The only way to get between the five towns is to hike, which we did, or take the train. Um, and again, I never would have found this beautiful place if it weren't for that book. This was back in 2008, like before, you know, before Instagram, before TikTok, before travel was so accessible. Um, so yeah, definitely that looking into travel blogs. Also, if you're on Facebook, like anytime I'm going somewhere, I look for a Facebook group about that place and I always find like locals, you know, and their places to go, their favorite restaurants and tourist attractions, places to visit that you might not have heard of. Um, but yeah, definitely do your research. And for me, the planning part is the best part. <laughs> like I love planning trips. 
Um, I do it for fun. Like, if I'm bored, I'll just look up a trip and, like, plan out a whole itinerary just for fun. And sometimes if I find a good deal, I end up booking it. Sometimes I just, like, save these itineraries in case I ever go to the place. Um, But that's, like, part of the exciting part for me. And just, like, the anticipation of, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be going to this place in a month. Like, having that countdown. I don't know. Like, the before is one of the best parts for me. And then obviously when you get there and you see all the things that you planned, it's like, oh my gosh, like I spent months reading about this place and now I'm finally here. Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I saw that girl on Instagram in that place and now I'm finally here. <laughs> <laughs> you know? So, so like, okay, what about like booking places to stay? So like, where, where would you go to do that? Okay, so I have a lot of different websites that I use. Um, Booking.com, that's the best one in my opinion. And if you use it enough, you become, it's called like a genius member. And they give you, I think it's like a 15% discount, maybe 10 to 15% discount. Um, And using booking.com, you can book hotels, hostels, apartments, um, like all different accommodations. They even have some campgrounds on there. It's probably like the, if you're going to have one website, that's the website that has the most different options. But when I was younger, I stayed in hostels a lot. Which, I don't know, some people hear the word hostel and they they think the worst. But that was the most affordable way to travel back then, and I'm sure it still is. So if you're not sure what a hostel is, it's basically, like, I don't know, it's more younger travelers that go there. And it's, like, kind of like dorm rooms. Um, So you can choose how many people are in the room. So usually I would choose rooms that have, like, eight people or less. But you can stay in rooms that have, like, <laughs> it's crazy, but, like, up to 30 people. And it's, like, dirt cheap. Like, it's like, six euros a night if you're in just a bunk with, like, 30 other people. <laughs> it's crazy. So is but... it just, like, one big open room? Some of them, yeah. Yeah. I don't really choose those ones, even though it is the cheapest, just because, I don't know, I guess I'm too bougie for that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm, like, a really light sleeper. But even still, like, the eight people for rooms, that's a lot of strangers that you don't know, but... I always say everybody's a stranger until you become their friend. (laughs) Some of my favorite people that I met from traveling were, like, people that I met in my hostel room. And I don't know. You have to be, like, a certain kind of person to go to a hostel. Like, open-minded, interested in meeting people, um, respectful of others. And I've found that most of the people who I've met in the hostels I have that kind of personality, too. So, like, I always met really cool people and had a lot of fun. Um, And I've never had a bad experience in a hostel. Like, the worst that could happen is, like, I don't know, people snore, people stink, people even fart. (laughs) (laughs) But that's the worst I've encountered personally. So, if you are trying to, you know, travel on a budget and have an adventure, I would definitely recommend a hostel. And you could go to HostelWorld.com or HostelBookers.com. But, you know, back when I was, like, 19, 20 and did not have money to fund my trips, that was the best option. So, okay, when you were when you were around that age, were you traveling mostly alone or with other people you knew? Um, Let's see. Well, when I studied abroad, okay, so I went to Costa Rica when I was 16. That was in high school. And then I studied abroad in college. Um, yeah, I guess I was like 19 when I did that. And I had my friends from the program, like people from my college studied abroad with me. So we would do a few trips. Um, like I would always travel with someone back then, 
But now, now that I'm older and I feel more confident, I have done solo trips. Um, after college, I ended up moving to Spain for two years, and I traveled by myself quite a bit at that point. So some of the times that I traveled by myself, I was, like, meeting up with somebody. Most of the time, it was, like, people that I met on my travels. Like, I don't know, for example, I met this American couple in... Where did we meet them? In Poland, I think. Yeah, I think we met them in Poland, and then we met up with them again in Spain, and then we saw them in Texas, where they were from. And yeah, it's just like fun to meet people that you met during your travels, either in another country, like if they're going to the same place that you're going to, or if you like visit them back where they're from. Um, so yeah, I would do that. And there were a few times where I just, you know, totally went by myself because either I didn't have anyone to go with, or it was like a last minute you know, last minute decision, but I've always like met people when I traveled by myself. I never felt lonely. There were times when I would feel scared, you know, as like a young woman traveling alone. But like I said, I would always stay in hostels. So I would always meet people. Like most of the time hostels have activities like free walking tours or like a, they call it like family dinners and you get to meet other people that are also traveling by themselves. Um, and then, I don't know if people still do this, but they used to have this website called Couchsurfing where you could, like, just literally stay with people for free. <laughs> and uh, that was, like, over 10 years ago. I don't know if they still have that website, but I had a lot of really good experiences that way. So say more about that, because the the first time I heard about Couchsurfing was from you, but then... Um, Earlier, or back in the summer, I was talking to one of my co-workers, co-workers about traveling, and she brought up, she went couch surfing. I'm like, oh my god, I've heard that before. So, like, how did that work? And, yeah, just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So, couch surfing is a website where, um, again, it's, like, open-minded people who want to travel, who, you know, are on a budget, and who, I don't know, it was like a lot of younger people back then, but it's exactly what it says. Like you could stay on someone's couch for free. And sometimes people had like a guest room that they would offer you for free. But the point of it was not just to stay at someone's house for free. It was like, you know, to kind of get to know the people who you, who you meet when you do that. So like I would either stay with people or I would also host people. So, like, when the people came to stay with me, I would make sure to hang out with them, you know, like, introduce them to my friends, to my favorite spots. And it's kind of like a language and cultural exchange. Like, I met people from all over the world doing that. And um, actually, one of my favorite travel memories was thanks to couch surfing. Are you ready for this story? <laughs> I think I know what you're going to talk about. All right. So, I... You know, our family's heritage is, you know, they're from Poland. Our ancestors are from Poland. And I always had a dream of visiting Poland and just learning more about our heritage and our roots. And my great aunt Helen had these letters that she wrote. This was like probably 30 years ago. She wrote these letters to one of her distant cousins in Poland. And she showed me these letters. And I was like totally fascinated by them. And ever since I saw those letters that she wrote to, like, her Polish pen pal, I was like, wow, I want to go there. I want to find where my great-grandparents grew up. Um, so she let me have the letters. I was actually living in Spain, and she sent me these letters in the mail. And once I got them, I was looking at the address on them, and it was written, obviously written in Polish. 
it was written in pencil from like 30 years ago so it was like faded and the handwriting was like a little bit difficult to decipher but I was determined so I was like on google maps trying to type in the names of this town just to see like the town like where are my people from you know and I thought I had it and I looked up okay where's the closest airport um and I decided you know what I'm gonna go and at the time I had a Spanish boyfriend his name is Eddie, and he's now my husband. <laughs> but back then, I was like, hey, do you want to go on an adventure with me? And he's like, claro que sí. Like, sure. <laughs> um, and we, you know what? I booked the flight without really knowing where I was going. But I was like, okay, I'm going to go to this town. I'm determined. <laughs> so I booked what I thought was, you know, the closest airport to this town where my family was from. And I went on couchsurfing, and I, like, messaged a few different people in the town like, to tell them, like, this is my plan. Are you able to help me? And a few people wrote back. A bunch of people did not answer. But this one girl, her name is Monica, and she's still my lovely friend to this day. So she answered, and she was around my age, maybe, like, a few years younger. Um, but she spoke perfect English, perfect Spanish, and she was, you know, studying to be a teacher and she was like super excited to help and she said yeah like I can help you and you're also welcome to stay at our house um and that was one of my first experiences with couch surfing so I went there I went to her house it was in this town called Rejouf which is um close like the closest biggest city to where my great-grandparents are from and I said well Monica like how are we even gonna find them and she's like um, the phone book, obviously. <laughs> She's like, uh, let's get out the phone book and look up your last name and just call everybody with your last name. And I was like, seriously? And that's exactly what we did. Like, it sounds so crazy, but it was the simplest answer to <laughs> the problem. So we busted out the phone book and she just started calling all the people with my last name. Um, and finally, like, we got the person on the phone and she, guess who it was? It was the lady who wrote the letters to my great aunt, Helen. And Monica was like, can we come visit? And she's like, oh, yeah, come tomorrow after church. So that was it. And then we went. And I actually met my grandparents or my great. No, it was my grandparents' cousin. I met my grandparents' cousin, my grandpa's cousin. And we saw the house where his parents grew up. And it was like, I can't, words can't even describe that experience. But being able to talk to my relatives in Poland with the help of Monica translating for us is like a dream come true, you know? Like, yeah. I still can't believe to this day that I actually did that. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> and we still keep in touch. Um, we went back to see them again after that. Lindsay actually came with us. Really? Yeah. And um, they're amazing. Like, such wonderful, generous people. And the interesting thing is... They're just as much interested in our family history as I was. Like, they had all these family trees written up, all these old photographs. And what they were missing was, like, information about our family, like, grandpa's family. Really? So I was able to fill that in for them. And it was <laughs> oh my like, God. I don't know, it's like solving a piece of the puzzle. Yeah. Like, all these years, they were wondering, like, well, what about the people in America? And, like, here I was, and I was able to tell them, like, you know, these are our aunts and uncles, these are our cousins, these are, like, all the descendants of John, like, our grandpa. Oh, my God. It was, it was amazing. That's that's crazy. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. Like, that's they awesome. had always wondered about our family just as much as I had. <laughs> like, they wondered about the American people. <laughs> oh, wow. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, we still keep in touch thanks to Facebook. <laughs> So is that where you usually keep in touch with people that you've met? Yeah, definitely. Facebook. Um, Instagram a little bit more. I guess, like, people nowadays are more into Instagram. I'm not as much. I'm usually on Facebook more. But, yeah, I definitely make it a point to keep in touch with people over the years. Awesome, awesome. All right. Now I think it's time for some tips. Okay. With all your memories and all that stuff out there. So now, as a... Would would you call yourself maybe maybe an expert in traveling? Um, I mean, I don't consider myself an expert in anything. <laughs> I'm still learning. I'm always learning. But I would say, yeah, I'm pretty well versed in uh planning trips, especially trips on a budget. I would say that's my specialty. <laughs> All right. So I want to go to I want to go to Tokyo. I really, really, really want to go to Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So, where 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 do I go to look to book a place in Tokyo? Okay, step one. This is the most important thing: flexibility. Okay, if you are trying to travel on a budget, you have to be flexible with your timing, with your airline, with you know, your accommodations. Flexibility is key. Um, and I always say, traveling, you have to think about what it is that you value. Do you value your time? comfort or money so i say that because when you're booking a flight you're gonna have lots of different options so for example you could have a direct flight and that could be less time maybe more comfortable but it's going to be a lot more money or you could have a trip with a few layovers which (coughs) might save you time um sorry it might save you money but not time that'll always take more time so it depends on like what are you willing to take on and what are you willing to sacrifice Um, So step one, book your flight. I always, I don't know, I have like a thing with just looking up flights for fun. (laughs) So (laughs) I always look up the flight first and then figure everything out later. One tip is that if you book a flight, you have 24 hours to change your mind and get a full refund for every airline. Like that's just the law. Um, So I always go on, usually I use Google Flights, honestly. Like with all these different websites out there, I find Google Flights to be the most comprehensive, user-friendly and it shows most airlines, I would say. Skyscanner is another good website that shows like different airlines, especially the budget airlines. Um, but there is a tool on Skyscanner and Google Flights and on some airline websites where you can like look at the different dates and find the cheapest flight based on what dates. So that's why I say you really have to be flexible because like, I don't know. You might want to fly out July 14th, but it's much cheaper to fly out July 15th or 19th. Um, and you're able to see, like, which which dates are the cheapest on Google Flights. Um, once you have your flight, I would recommend making a spreadsheet. I always make spreadsheets <laughs> just to keep everything organized. Um, and then I would, like, include that on there and look for accommodations. I recommend Booking.com, but you could also look on Airbnb Hostel World. Um, other people use like TripAdvisor, Expedia. Some people book directly with the web, the accommodation, which I have found that to save money sometimes. Um, but I'll usually check, like, I don't know, if I want to stay at this one place, I'll check on different websites to see which one has it for the best price. Um, and I always check the cancellation policy, especially now in times of corona. You always want to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into. Um, and sometimes... 
places that give you the option to cancel are more expensive, but it's worth it for the peace of mind. Um, so I would book that next. And then the fun part is planning out your activities. So I don't usually plan like a, a very structured itinerary. I tend to like make a list of interesting things that are there in the city or the place that I'm visiting and then kind of wing it when I go there. It's like, all right, what can we do? And my favorite thing is just walking around. Walking around really, I don't know, you get like a feel for the city. Like you feel its energy. You like learn about its culture from people watching. Eating, obviously one of the best parts of traveling. Um, but yeah, usually my first day when I get there, I just walk around and like see what, what's out there. Um, and again, I put it all in my handy dandy spreadsheets that if I need something to do, I'll look at the list and see, okay, like, what do we have here? <laughs> so with like traveling, I've seen, um, on social media, like, and like, this isn't even just, um, traveling like out of a country, but I see like even in the U S and also in other countries, you can rent a bike or a scooter or something like that, or even like a motorcycle. Um, have you ever done that before? Um, okay. In Portugal, I rented this little, like, go-kart. A go-kart? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I forget what the company's called, but it literally looks like a little yellow go-kart that you drive in the streets, obviously with a helmet on. Obviously, I did not drive it. I was a passenger. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, picture, like, Mario Kart, like, driving all around, avoiding bananas <laughs> no, I'm just kidding not bananas avoiding potholes and pigeons um but that was definitely a really fun way to explore the city bikes okay especially if you go to Europe it is super bike friendly like you will see bike lanes everywhere anybody can rent a bike um you could rent it for a few hours or for a day but they have bike share programs everywhere in Europe um and when I lived there I actually used bikes a lot to get around as well as public transportation scooters I'm not that brave, but I'm sure you will <laughs> do that one day. But, yeah, scooters are much more popular in Europe than cars, I would say, just because, like, some of the streets are so tiny and, like, I don't know, they, like, curve all around, in and out, around castles, <laughs> cobblestone <laughs> oh, streets. Oh, yeah, you know, just, just you know, that castle Just, like, that right. big cas castle in the middle of the city, yeah. So scooters are a more popular option, um, especially because in Europe they don't really have parking lots like we do here <laughs> there aren't many and if there are they're underground i would say in mm. spain especially so what are other people traveling by like say we'll, we'll say in spain for example what how how do local people get around walking i would say is very popular um like when you think of spain i mean when i think of spain it's like they don't I mean, they do have suburbs, but it's mostly, like, cities. Like, even the small towns, it's like a little tiny city plopped in the middle of a bunch of farmland or nature, you know? Um, the way that they have their towns and cities set up, it's, like, really walkable. A lot of people live in apartments. Um, they don't feel the need to have as much space as Americans do because they are always outside. They're always out and about. Um, even like when you meet up your, with your friends, you meet outside, like at a cafe or you just sit in a park for a few hours. Like they live outside more than Americans do. Um, public transportation is huge and their systems are much more developed than our systems here in, in Philly. Um, you know, you have trams, tranvias, uh, subways, buses, like all kinds of things. 
that are it's very easy to maneuver and i would say new york has a pretty good public transportation system but in spain it's like even easier to figure it out got it all right i'm feeling confident about getting around and i'm feeling confident about booking a spot and finding places to finding things to do now what do i pack am i allowed to bring food on a plane what things aren't what things should i not bring on a plane okay i actually have a funny story about this (laughs) bring food on the plane but i would recommend eating it all before you arrive at your destination because one time i almost got arrested over a banana (laughs) (laughs) like i'm not even kidding i had a banana that came with me from Spain on my way to the U.S. And I, um, you know, forgot to eat it. And we actually had a layover in Canada. And they saw the banana sticking out of my backpack. And I totally forgot that I had it. And I got in a lot of trouble. And I got pulled into, like, second-level questioning by airport security. <laughs> and they were, like, interrogating me over this banana. <laughs> and I was like, you can throw it out. Like, I I don't even want it. I promise. Like, just take it and throw it out. And they were like, no, like, it's too late for that. You already brought it into our country. And even Maya, what? Maya was like three or four at the time. She's like, mommy, like, what? Why are they so, like, against that banana? Do they think it's poisonous? And I was like, no, like, you are not allowed to bring fruit into another country. <laughs> and also, the banana was a problem because it did not have a sticker on it saying where it came from. And that oh, was a no. really big deal to the Canadian Border Patrol. Um, and they were like hardcore interrogating me over this banana. And I'm like, dude, just like throw it out. Like, I don't need it. And they were not having it. And I was in there for a long time getting interrogated over it. And I almost missed my flight. And it was like, oh my God. It was a big deal. Oh, yeah. But guess what? The flight that I almost missed that I ran to get to ended up getting canceled. And we got stranded in Canada for three days. Oh, I so that. that's like a whole adventure. Starting with a banana. <laughs> so, so what happened with the banana in the end? I don't know. Some, like, manager came in and, like, asked what they were doing. And, like, I don't know. The border patrol agent was like, she has a banana. And the man, like, rolled his eyes. He's like, you can go. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a banana. <laughs> I was, like, sitting there after just flying, like, eight hours from Spain with a small child who's, like, getting really antsy and started to cry. <laughs> Yeah, you're always going to have an adventure when you travel. But um, what was the question? Yeah. Was it about packing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What should I bring on a plane? Sorry, I get really excited when I talk about traveling. <laughs> okay, here's my biggest tip that you've heard before. Everything that you think you're going to pack, put it all on your bed before you pack it and cut that in half. You do not need as much as you think. You really don't. Um, and what else? Yeah, pack lightly because you'll probably buy things when you get to your destination. And also, like, who wants to lug around a bunch of crap that you really don't need and that you probably won't wear anyway? You can bring food on planes, eat it while you're on the plane. Um, Be aware of other people around you. Like, I don't know, maybe don't bring fried chicken or, like, tuna fish sandwich on a plane (laughs) because the smell. Um, What else? Oh, water. Okay, you can't get through security with a water bottle, but you can bring an empty water bottle and fill it up after you get through security. What else? Airport food is expensive, very expensive. I would recommend bringing your own. Um, You can order food on some planes, but it's not the best quality. (laughs) So, yeah, just pack your lunch. Um, And for packing, 
Definitely bring something comfortable for the flight, but I tend to look like, I don't know, like smart, comfortable. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't like wear my pajamas on a flight because like, I don't know, I want to try to look a little bit presentable when I'm flying. Um, What else? Headphones. Definitely bring headphones and bring headphones that have a plug because a lot of times on the flight, if you are lucky enough to get in-flight entertainment, like, you know, the TV on the back of the seat, you'll need a, head- a pair of headphones that have a plug to be able to listen to it. But they'll give you headphones if not. Um, I like to bring a travel pillow just because, again, I like to be comfortable. I don't know. Bring a good book. If you have a tablet, bring that because sometimes the flights don't have, like, the little TVs on the back of the seats anymore. You have to, like, bring your own device and stream it once you get on there. Like, we did that when we went to Utah. Um, what else? I don't know. My best advice for packing is bring much less than you think you need. And, like, most things you can get at your destination. You know, like, medicines or, I don't know, shampoo, whatever. So what should I bring? Should I bring a suitcase, a drawstring, a backpack, a grocery bag? <laughs> a grocery bag. Okay. I would actually recommend always packing a grocery bag and bringing it with you. Do you want to know why? Why? Because if your um, suitcase is too heavy, you can wear the clothes. Like, one time in Spain, I must have worn... I don't know, probably, like, five pairs of pants, um, like, wrapped all around me, like, a scarf, a belt, (laughs) a hat, and then once I got on the plane, I took it off and put it in my uh, plastic supermarket bag. Oh, my, like, you actually just wrapped it all around you. (laughs) Yes, I literally wrapped it all around me, because in Europe, they're really picky about, like, how big your luggage is, so, like, Mm -hmm. in order to fit everything into a little super tiny carry-on, sometimes you have to get creative, Um, or, like, if your luggage is overweight you can just take stuff out wear it and then take it off and put it in your bag when you get on the plane that's awesome these are like what i'm talking about with my little tips and tricks (laughs) from experience so when i get on the plane what happens to my bags and what do i do with them and and do do i bring them on the plane or do they bring them to some place in the plane (laughs) like what's going on with that okay so if you are going to check a bag they will check it before you go through security Me, personally, I am anti-checking bags unless you're going on, like, a year-long adventure or maybe, like, six months even. But I try to do carry-on as much as possible. So, wait, what is is checking bags? So, like, if you pack a giant suitcase, you have to check it. So, they'll, like, take it from you. You pay, like, $100, which is also why I don't check bags. um, And they'll just take it and put it, like, under the plane. They'll put a tag on it and put it under the plane. But if you do carry-on, you can bring a small suitcase. Um, I think it's, like, under 21 inches tall, usually. Um, and then you keep that with you on the airplane. So most airlines, you can have a carry-on and a small personal item, like a backpack. Some airlines that are budget airlines, like Spirit, you can't have a carry-on um, suitcase. You can just have a small personal item, like a backpack. But... I got smart about it, and I found an under-the-seat bag, which is, like, the same size of a backpack, but it's, like, a tiny, tiny suitcase, and those always travel for free since it fits under the seat in front of you. Um, And you can find those anywhere, like, on Amazon. I don't know. American Tourister has them. But you want to look for under-the-seat luggage. That's just if you're trying to save a buck, and you Mm -hmm. know I always have. Yeah. (laughs) But, again, pack lightly. You do not need to lug around all that crap with you. (laughs) 
I know you've got a lot to talk about. I still have plenty more questions. Maybe we can do a Let's part do a two part sometime. Two. Yeah. That sounds good to me. Thank you so much for coming. I had a great time, and I, I, I thought I knew as much as just being around you. I thought I, I, I knew it just because I know, <laughs> I know you travel a lot. So I thought I had a lot of information, but I learned a lot today. I'm so and thank glad. you for that. Yeah, there's and, so much more to learn. Um, but my closing remarks, I would say, I highly recommend for everybody to travel. You know. Do what you can. Even if you can't leave the country, you can explore places around you. Like, even where we live, there are so many gorgeous places, even, like, within an hour or two of where yeah, we live. Yeah, for sure. But seek out new experiences. Seek out adventure. And um, be open-minded. Try new things. And you'll be surprised about what you'll encounter on your journey. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I always like to say seek discomfort. Yeah. It's, all, it's where I find my greatest adventures. That's right. Well, happy travels, everyone. I wish you all the best, and maybe we'll come back for part two. All right. So that's the end of today's episode. I know it's been a while since I recorded our last episode, but trust me, it's not going to be another three months until you hear from me and potentially Mike. We will see. But hopefully we'll, uh, we'll get back to you soon. Anyways, I hope you guys have a great day. I hope you have a great week. We're almost halfway through the school year. Don't slack on your grades. You got this. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Peace.